Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the ACCA podcast. On today's show, we are discussing the feedback from your fellow students on the resources that they found helpful going into the last exam session. We'll also be talking about Ryanair's controversial CEO bonus scheme and Greta Thunberg's recent Trump moment. And the student question is about whether or not you start studying early. So today we're joined by Katie and Philip. Hey everyone. So the first part of the show today, um, we're going to talk about um, our survey results. And I think around this time, every sitting, um, we do this on the podcast. And why we do this is because students um, are sharing with us um, their experiences um, just after they finish their exam. So sometimes it's experience with the Learn Signal product or experience with their ACCA exam um, and how prepared they felt. And I think it's really good. Um, we can say a lot of things and we can give you guys a lot of support and a lot of advice. But I think it, it also should be interesting to hear um, how your peers and fellow students have fared in, in previous exams and to see if that there could be one little piece of advice that could prove invaluable in order for you to pass your next exam. Um, so self Philip and Katie are just going to go through some of the numbers um, and some of the products and experiences and we'll see... Um, where we end up, I guess. Um, so a big thing that I think a, one big increase when we look at resources and you go all the way back. And I think one thing that we talk about is study early, study early, study early. And students say, I'm not studying early. <laughs> I'm waiting for my results or it's 12 weeks out. That's an eternity. Um, a big positive trend for us was the, the use of the study plans. Uh, I know, Philip, we give them out for free to all students because we are, at our hearts, um, educators um, and, and, and we're very keen to help as many students as we can. But there's a big increase, um, not only of the people who, I guess, downloaded their study plans, but also found that they got value in them and that found it as a, as a really good tool. So maybe your messaging is finally getting through. Yeah, I think generally on all of the kind of the resources, as we look through the results, they're all positively trending. Yeah. People are starting to use the resources more and more. They find it more and more valuable. You know, kind of going back to your point of the education, the tuition part is only a percentage of your study. To get through your exams, you need to not only study, but you need to practice your questions and you need to take advantage of all the resources that are available. And I think people are starting to realize that. They're starting to see the benefits of things like the interactive study plan just because it helps you plan it helps yeah. you map out what you're going to do and it also helps you kind of one of the things that I always struggled with when I was studying was knowing where to put questions to practice yeah I got sick of searching for questions and trying to find out if it was relevant and wasting time starting something and then find out it wasn't relevant whereas with the study plan it does map a question to each section of the course which I think is great yeah and I think that as we've been changing the study plans over time, I, I think part of the positive trend is that we we kind of give advice, but we don't tell. And the study plans are now designed in such a way that all the information is there and we're saying, this is what you have to do in order to pass your exam. But there's still that um, ability for individual students to, to build it around their own lives and yeah. still get it done. And I think that's the mo- I think that's the beginning sink in a little bit I think when you say study plan at the beginning it's kind of like, oh somebody's going to tell me exactly what to do and when to do it I can't do it on Thursday night at seven o'clock I do this or that but we're not doing that we are we're genuinely kind of saying look here's what you have to do and there obviously has to be some kind of a framework otherwise you'll never do anything um, but it gives a lot of flexibility in there well, I also think it, the fact is that it's not 
when you look at the state of balance, it's not insurmountable. It's not asking you to commit your whole life every day for the rest of the next 12 weeks. It's creating a program for you to be able to study on a regular basis, but without too much interference. Obviously, you have to make some commitment to it or else you're not going to get through it. And if you let it build up, it will become insurmountable. But if you get started early enough, it is actually a reasonable pace of study. I know for me, like when I was doing my exams, like the study plan was a massive part of the reason why I passed in the first place. Like, you know, it's the one thing you look at every single day. And the fact that we've done the bulk of the work for the students is really no excuse not to use it, even if you want to change it up a little bit. I agree. I keep saying there's no excuse. <laughs> they come up with excuses when I've no excuse. So if you're listening, there's no excuse. Katie said so. That should be uh, the name of the podcast. That should be the name of the podcast. No excuses. Um, one, I guess, my uh, bugbears and anybody who's been listening to me moaning regularly, um, and I'm going to change this around, is mock exams because the trend of mock exams is great. Um, and I think we have percentages. I'm not going to quote percentage because... When we look at absolute numbers of mock exams being completed, um, even this sitting, the last sitting, it's great um, that more and more students are are getting the benefit from mock exams and more and more students are definitely doing them. And, and I know, I think we really, I think initially when we said you get feedback and you get a three-day turnaround, I'm not too sure it's sometimes that they believed it, but it's really, it's beginning to increase and like... We people who came to us even said, I'm doing my exam in two days' time. If I did it today, will you get it back? And we have managed to do that. But I think the biggest thing about the mock exams was 84% of those who did a mock um, felt better prepared going into the exam. And I think that should that should say it all. There shouldn't be... We could go by percentages. We can talk about the people who didn't do it. But if it's something, if you can do one thing, I think that'll make you feel better going into the exam. I think all of the students have told all the rest of the students, the 41% that did no mock, listen to that. Yeah, well, I think, being honest, mock exams and practice questions, they were always a kind of a, I avoided them when I was studying until I really, really wanted to pass because I was always thinking, I don't know how to say it, but it always felt that if I did the mock exam, it made it very real and kind of made me fully aware. And I think that, when I did do the mock exams, I felt a lot more prepared, but I kind of avoided them a bit. But you can see the benefits. Yeah. They kind of they jump out at you. You kind of it's a real test of how you're getting on. It's a real assessment. And it means you don't waste your time actually in the exam. You know how you're gonna do beforehand. You can get more organized and more prepared. It's really um, like it's refining that exam technique as well. Like cause up to maybe that point you might have just been focused on actually learning the material, getting like learning off the content. So that that is the time to really perfect the exam technique and like we said you get your feedback so it's just the perfect preparation well as we as we keep saying don't let the first time you go to the exam be the first time you've seen yeah, or exactly. seen or attempted the paper and this view that, that some students will say oh i've already done performance management so tax is the same and all is the same because there are all three or 15 minute exams that that's that no they're very they're very different very different and the experience is very different and they're different examining teams so they use different language and they use different ways of asking the questions and people kind of get a little bit fooled by the fact that the structures are the same so there's objective test and objective test case in your 230 mark 25 markers or 20 markers and everything oh they're all the same but they're very very different the way that the you can be asked a question is changes from question to question like and there's you need you do need to practice i remember i used to always say that my first bit of feedback 
when I was studying was my exam result. Yeah. And kind of learn signal is, is, has been built around the opposite of that, of constantly trying to give students feedback on how they're getting on and how they're preparing. And you know, the culmination of that is to do a mock exam. It's the most honest way that you can understand how your study is progressing. And also, it's the best use of three hours and 15 minutes. If you were to say, if this, you could find something more effective to do in that time period, I don't think there is. I have, we haven't found because if we had found it, we would have suggested it by now. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think to give that three hours and 15 minutes, to, to, and like practicing that three hours and 15 minutes out. And when, when Connor's on the podcast, we, ended, we always end up going back to sports, but like, Run a marathon for four hours. It shouldn't be the first time you've ever run for four hours in your life where you're, you're not you're going to really struggle. Um, lots of other positive things. I think um, some of the things that we've been introducing slowly over the last few sittings um, are now kind of uh, rising to the top of what the students are really reacting to. Um, webinar week. week. Uh, funnily enough, something we've always done, um, the exam report debriefs, for some reason this sitting seemed to have uh, sparked interest, which is positive. Um and I guess we've always had them. So for anybody who doesn't know, they're a quick uh, recap of an examiner's report where we kind of target the main areas for you to get marks the next time. Not really telling you where you went wrong. It's about what you could go do right the next time. Um, that definitely sparked um, a lot more interest this time. And the, the amount of times they were watched and uh, the, the interaction with them was really, really good. Um, our numbers in the webinars have just exploded and that's great. Um, and it's funny when now we're at the stage where you're kind of getting used to seeing the same names and um, it's very encouraging. And I think what my favorite thing about the webinars, um, they're great to do and it's very interactive, but it's great to see students talking to each other. And there's a real sense of Learn Signals community building up um, in those webinars as we see people talking to each other and helping each other. And you see all these questions and you're looking at a question and when you see the somebody else has answered that question. First of all, it's great relief for me because <laughs> we can only answer so many questions in a short period of time. But the answers are great too. And sharing those experiences is really helping students. So um, we'd encourage everybody to do that. Um, so I think that that's really a good, um, a good overview of our results. I guess um, the one thing that we did introduce this time um, and it was brand new was the crash camp. And I think a lot of students felt uh, it gave them a better chance. Um, as we gave it a health warning on crash camp, it's not don't study for 11 weeks and then do crash camp for a week. It's certainly a last minute thing. An interesting use of crash camp were people who studied all the way through and it just gave them this final push over the line. So it's great to see students kind of, we might set something up on the site for a certain way, but students are kind of, adapting which is what we're all about there we're, we're giving them the tools it's great to see them adapting the different tools to fit their own lifestyle and ways of, and ways of studying as well which is, which is great so keep doing using everything we have we have a 24-hour help desk any suggestions i think you can see from the amount of resources that we spend a lot of time putting up that any suggestions you have um just go on to learnsignal.com make some suggestions let us know at a webinar what you think. Um, and if there's anything that we can put up to help you pass your exams, we will definitely do that. If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider. 
So our first news story is that almost half of Ryanair shareholders have voted against a controversial new pay package for the chief executive, Michael O'Leary, which could result in the airline handing him a 99 million bonus within five years. It's a bit like our bonus scheme we have in our single. <laughs> oh yeah, it's every day. A bit, it's a bit low, but that's all right. Um, yeah, it's quite the thing. Like it's quite the statement when, like those type of votes are usually not not decided in advance, but they're very rarely that controversial. It was a forty nine point something it, way percent. for a pin. Yeah, majority yeah. was fifty point five percent. Yeah, yeah, and like that that should say something. So that should say that a lot of your shareholders really aren't happy about this. Yeah. And like Ryanair, although it's Europe's biggest airline, has the passenger numbers, I think on a performance basis, hasn't really been performing against other even slightly smaller earnings when you look at the resources you have. And like, like if I was a shareholder, I'd be thinking um, the holiday issues, the pilot strikes, yeah, um, everything that, that kind of accompanies... I guess the Reiner model and I think it's you kind of sometimes think yeah it's great and people go on it because it's cheaper and sometimes they're the only place to go to the airport but um, I don't know whether it would be your airline of choice at, at any stage but uh, <laughs> yeah like but but also from a shareholder perspective um, you're really looking at like 99 million if you're giving away 99 million of my earnings that means the share price is going to be yeah, equivalent no. of 99 million lower isn't it really yeah. it's, it's money going into his pocket just, not just my to give pocket. like a little bit more background so it's his current pay and annual bonus will be halved but the thing is that he'll have this option now to buy 10 million shares okay. if the airline either doubles its profits or doubles its share price by 2024 so in Classic O'Leary style, <laughs> he has said that the pay deal, it's essentially like a free bet for investors because he he would need to double the share price in order to secure the bonus. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, but he's not, he's not entering into this for, for no reason. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think some people might say it's, a, it's an attempt to um, hold on to his job rather than um, to yeah. really... Other than, like then he said as well, like, you know, he's, I think most shareholders would, uh, would take the view that if he doubles his share price then you don't care what he's paid in the next five years type thing yeah i don't i don't i don't think that's true and i think it's not all about just the money and other shareholders but um there's been so many controversies yeah, around right in the last few years um it's hard to be if you're a significant shareholder being associated with that is yeah, not also there does seem to be kind a of constant thing. stream of things lately there does and like they've had fuel hedging issues and costs associated with that and then all the controversies so um if I was a shareholder, I probably would have been on that now side. Maybe if I was a shareholder, <laughs> I would have tipped the balance, but I don't, that's obviously not an issue. Yeah, so our our second news story then um, is to do with Greta Thunberg. And Greta has been getting a lot of notice recently for all her efforts to do with climate change. So what, what, I, what we were seeing this morning was that Donald Trump has mocked the teenager in a sarcastic tweet, he's a great man for Twitter. He is. Um, following her emotional speech to world leaders. So he shared um, a video of her scowling at him. And it was a great scowl. Yeah, scowl it was actually go. very good, her facial expression. Um, and he, he just shared it with the comment that she seems like a very happy young girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. So you know, and I think her, her concern <laughs> is that he is one of the roadblocks in her having a bright and wonderful future. Yeah, yeah. And maybe all of us having a bright and wonderful future because uh, like I'm not 
wishing anything bad on him, but like he is at an age when he'll be well gone from this world yeah. when everybody... And that was actually her comment. She said, um, she responded, you're still not mature enough to tell it like it is. You are failing us, but the young people are starting to understand your betrayal. Yeah. Do and I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually, there's very little to say to that one. I think uh, I think she kind of says it all. It probably sums it up there. Uh, it probably does sum it up. And, and I'd say there's a lot of political leaders, possibly across the world and in America, who... Um, probably couldn't have said it better themselves and wish they had said, said it, <laughs> said <laughs> it like that. Um, I think, yeah, I think when you're mocking somebody of that age who's able to motivate thousands of young people to go marching the streets um, to solve a problem that they're going to be left with, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And even to a certain extent, even if I see the beginning beginnings of bad days, it's going to be my kids and, and that age group who are going to be left I guess, picking up the pieces and, and um, it can only be admirable what they're doing. And it's not about climate change and not whether you agree or not. It's the fact that she's able to, to mobilize a group of people worldwide like that. Yeah. She has to be given lots of credit. And I just, I just, whether I agree with him or not, I think um, a 16 year old who can do this and him trying to be smart yeah, I, yeah. doesn't really he's just just lucky all those 16 year olds won't be old enough to vote for the 2020 election (laughs) or but maybe a few of them who are late 16s and 17s will remember this moment and and maybe make a different decision in in 18 months time each week at the end of the show we answer questions sent in by our listeners you can send your questions in by email to podcast at learnsignal.com or tweet us at learnsignal So our student question this week is about results coming up. So the results are out in just over two weeks and students are just again wondering, should they wait for their exam result to start studying or should they start now? Start now, start now. (laughs) That's the end really. Should they they wait to panic or? No, like start now. Like what are you, what are you waiting for? And, And some students might say, well, I think I might've failed the exam. We'll deal with that in three weeks time. But like, you can't always be sitting around waiting for the worst to happen. Um, so starting now, I think, is the best thing to do. And even if you did fail and you have to do an exam, at least you'll be in that habit of studying that the minute you, you do, if you do fail it, you can just switch. And then at least you're building up some habit. You've got study momentum. But if you haven't started studying the day you get your results and then like where's your motivation going to come from when you fail an exam yes. oh no it's okay i failed now i'm really motivated to do <laughs> yeah, it again it's, it, it doesn't work like that but if you've already yes i failed and it's not going to be a great feeling it's not an enjoyable feeling but uh, but at least i'm in a routine and at least i have a plan in place and i think that's really important and six weeks from the results to the next exam isn't a long time so yeah. i think like just study now get momentum um, get yourself built up deal with like life is full of <laughs> bumps in the road I guess and deal with them as they happen don't be sitting there um, thinking negatively like yeah thinking negatively or using it as an excuse yeah it's very easy to say oh no away from my results there's no point to study until my results and then if you get a bad result you might do nothing for a week or yeah. you might be feeling and, and, sorry and for yourself they or... just become excuses so that's not like you need to remove the excuses um, these professional exams um, they are very, very difficult. 
And if you did fail the exam, there's a reason in, in fairness that you, you failed it. And it might be because of planning or it might be the fact that you started too late the last time. And I, I get this whole podcast was about um, student feedback and the things that were beneficial to them and that what they learned about it in the last sitting. And I think you, you kind of have to be honest with yourself and say, well, what did I learn? Why did I fail? And it's not, to be honest, it's not the examiner's fault. And it's not the, they didn't ask the wrong questions or the tougher questions. The, 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 there's a reason why. Um, and whatever that reason why, if you think you have failed, why not start solving it now instead of waiting? And you'll just end up in this perpetual loop where you, you fail, you don't do anything, you get your result, you fail, and you do the same thing again. And like, why would you expect a different outcome if you do yeah, the same thing right. again? So thanks to everybody for listening today. Um, I hope you found uh, everything we talked about useful, especially the feedback you got from students. And we'll see you again next week. Talk soon.